Yo, Nick. Hey, Brett. What uh, what brings you back to the beach? Oh, uh, didn't uh, Teresa tell you? I got a job here for the summer. No, I must have um, must have slipped her mind. Dude, it's the most righteous job of the summer. I'm a cabana boy here at the Metaphor Beach Club. Everybody who's anybody belongs here, and all I got to do is make sure they're having a good time. What? I mean, why? How, how did this all happen? Well, so... I was working on the upcoming season of Where the Smoke, and my buddy Steve showed up. Let the summer begin! And I was lamenting about how I needed to make more money so I could buy this car around the corner. It's a sweet 1965 Mustang convertible. And he was all like, well, you should try to get a job at the Metaphor Beach Club. They pay big money down there, and the fringe benefits are awesome. So he hooked me up with a trial to be a lifeguard, but I'm not a very strong swimmer. So it didn't go great. But then the guy said, I got a position open for a cabana boy. With tips, you can make as much as a beast car. And I was all, Really? What would I have to do? And he was all, A little bit of everything. And so I'm all, Well, I think I could probably handle that. And he's all, uh, I think you can too. That's why I'm offering you the job. And then I said yes, and here we are. Brett? Yeah? This doesn't sound like something that actually happened. Also, I couldn't help but notice that there are some clips in your story there, like from a TV show. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay, so look, Nick, so some of those might have been from a 1991 episode of Beverly Hills 90210. Oh, okay, but, naturally. But, 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 but that's actually why I asked you here to Metaphor Beach today, Nick, because, you know, we're planning the official launch of season four in September, but I think we need to put out an episode earlier, like during the summer. And, like, maybe we could call it, like, a summer spectacular or something. What? Why? Because, Nick, Nick, look, look, the podcast space, man, it has gotten more and more intense since we launched two and a half years ago. I mean, it feels like everyone's got a podcast now. And so I've been thinking, how are we going to stand out? How are we going to continue to grow our listener base with all that competition? And then it hit me. Beverly Hills 90210. Well, I've never seen an episode of 90210, but if what I'm imagining is correct, then it sounds like you want us to hire a bunch of adults to play teenagers and then move to a 32-episode season? Pass. <laughs> no, Nick, but the, the thought of you and I doing a whole season pretending to be teenagers, I could have legs. But, but, but I digress. Look, no, 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 I'm talking about strategy, Nick, okay? The strategy that 90210 implemented when they launched their second season in 1991. They decided to start in July during the summer, Nick. Um, great. Thanks. Remember, Nick, this was the early 90s. Okay, Main Street TV existed on like four networks. HBO was eight years away from launching Sopranos. TV wasn't on demand. People still had to watch commercials. And there were reruns, Nick. Do you remember reruns? Oh, no, not the character from What's Happening reruns. Like when they would play episodes you've already seen and you'd watch them because that's all that was on. And back then, TV shows ran new episodes from September to May and then all season long was just reruns. But 902 and Nick, they broke the mold. 
They launched their second season in July instead of September to get a hold of the competition, and it worked. By the time the rest of the shows dropped their new episodes, 90210 was off and running. They went on to 10 successful, albeit often mediocre, seasons. 293 episodes, Nick. Okay, so let me get this straight. First of all, it turns out you're some sort of Beverly Hills 90210 savant. So there's that. Number two, you're saying that we need to create a summer special because it worked for Beverly Hills 90210. Yes, no, we're not going to model our production schedule after a TV show from 1991. Nick, we need to get ahead of our competition. That's not even how podcasts work, Brett. You know this. They don't all just launch new seasons in September. Dude, you're really harsh in my mellow. Look, it's not about what you think is best, okay? What can the 90s teach us, Nick? What would Aaron Spelling do right now? Okay, If we don't get this launch right, it could be the last launch we do. I think people who know better than us would say that we definitely have to do a Summer Spectacular episode. I don't know, Brett. It feels like maybe we should just think this through a bit more. Making an episode is, it's a lot of work, and we don't have to do anything. Nick, Nick, trust me. We have to do this. And besides, man, it's going to be a ton of fun. Now, why would it be more fun than a usual episode? Oh, I don't know. Because it's the Where There's Smoke Summer Spectacular! All right, I have to admit, I may have inhaled a little too much beach air or something before I met with Nick. So yesterday, after watching an episode of Northern Exposure, I was chilling, listening to some PN Dawn. I kicked up my hush puppies, and I thought about what Nick said, that we don't really have to do anything. But I do think sometimes we get caught up thinking that we should do something because, you know, that's what other people are doing or because we worry about what other people will think. But you know, like David Foster Wallace never actually said, you'll worry less about what people think about you when you realize how seldom they do. So I thought that maybe I should talk this out a bit, you know, get some other perspectives. And it occurred to me that I have access to a group of people with a wealth of wisdom and experience, the previous guests on Where There's Smoke Club or as Nick likes to call it, PGWTSC. So I sent out an email. I got some responses. I set up some phone calls. And the first person I spoke with was Bobby Umar. Now, Bobby is the founder of the Discover Your Personal Brand Conference, and he was featured back in episode 22 when we explored vulnerability. I mean, surely he would have some thoughts about when it's best to follow others' leads versus blazing your own trail. 
And as I predicted, he did. Here is almost the first thing that Bobby said to me. Uh, sorry, Brad. I can't, I can't seem to find the audio. Are you sure it's in here somewhere? Um, yeah. Um, I guess <laughs> maybe now is as good a time as any to rip off the Band-Aid here and tell you that actually the audio of Bobby is missing. Uh, there was a bit of a recording error, and uh, it, it, it just didn't record, Nick. Yeah, and and as long as we're talking about this, I should probably mention that I had these great conversations with uh, former guest Bassam Tarazi and Tara Hunt, and those didn't record either. Brent, why, why are you just mentioning this now? Honestly, I, I just so wanted to hear what you were going to come up with for that sweet 90s where there's smoke theme <laughs> that I, I didn't want to ruin it. You also wanted to talk about 90210, I know. A little bit. <laughs> well, what are we supposed to do now? We had big plans for the Summer Spectacular. You were the one who wanted to do it. I know. We were going to bring in all of these voices and edit together something fun and breezy, summery. I know, I know, I know, I know that's all true, Nick. But but look, okay, 90210 banter aside, do you remember why we actually decided that we were going to make this episode in the first place, what the original intent was? Yeah, I mean, we were, we were going to do a dry run for the new season. Exactly. I mean, with all the changes going on behind the scenes here, the idea was that we would use this episode as like a dry run, right? To help bring the new team up to speed, the two of us back into production mode before season four started. It was all designed really to be a test. But I kind of feel like once we got into the whole summer spectacular mode and I got really stoked on 90210 and you were talking about building the theme, you know, we kind of forgot the main purpose was a dry run. Now, fortunately, it seems the dry run itself did not forget, and it smacked us right in the face. And I'm kind of thinking, Nick, what if this was perfect? I mean, better to have this technical glitch now, right, than when we're in full production. And it's forced us to adapt quickly. And I will say kudos to us, Nick. We actually built a cushion into this new production schedule. And because of that, we had time to pivot and still pull something out. Kudos to us again for the fact that we're actually putting a show out. I mean, it wouldn't be a dry run if we just quit. Mm -hmm. We're picking ourselves up, dusting ourselves off. We're making it happen. We still had our pre-production meeting. We still had our team update meeting. Mm -hmm. You know, we're getting the show out the door. So it might seem strange to say it, but I don't know. I kind of think we passed the test. The dry run was a success. And as well, I think there's a great lesson here, Nick. Oh? Yeah. I mean, the truth of it is, We'll never be able to control everything, right? There will always... Actually, you know what? This reminds me, I didn't actually lose all of the audio. Oh, thank God. You didn't? This is... <laughs> no. No. See, the issue I had, I hadn't updated the recording software and there was clearly some sort of glitch, but I did finally update the software and the next interview I recorded, recorded perfectly. Now, this interview is with a woman named Lisa Jacob. And some of our listeners might even know her. She was a former child actress. She was in Mrs. Doubtfire, Independence Day. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. yeah. But these days, Lisa's a speaker and a writer. She actually has a new book called Not Just Me that releases this week. And listeners are going to hear a lot more from Lisa this season, Nick, because uh, you know our interview sparked a couple of ideas for episodes. And, and this part of our conversation wasn't even really part of the interview. Um, but in the last five minutes of our conversation, I was, I was referencing a part of her new book. And in that part of the book, she talks about how she had so much anxiety when she found typos 
in the publication of her first book. And I think there's a relevant message here kind of linked to what we just went through, Nick. And I think there's value here for you, for me, for everyone. So I just want to play that part of the interview. I, I, it's funny when I read that part of the book because I could relate. I mean, it would drive me crazy too. But the other thing that I think is just like from a logical standpoint uh, is so crazy. It's like, how does that even happen? Like how many people read that, right? How many people read a version of that book before it goes to press? And it's like, it, it is kind of a great metaphor for the fact that no matter how hard we try, we can never be perfect because you could probably have a million people proofread that book and there would still be typos. Like, Absolutely. Right? And it's so crazy to think like, how does that happen? You would think we'd catch them all, but of course we don't because... We have software for this. And yet, <laughs> it is the ultimate moment of surrender. Right. There, were, there will always be typos. And it's, it's great. It's a great practice for me. And it is a painful and awful, and I wish I didn't have to do it. But that idea that I do not have complete control over anything. I can influence things, I can work hard, but I do not have complete control over everything. And that's really freeing when I can let go of that and be like, oh, you know what, I, I tried my best. Yep, there's still typos, look at that. Okay, moving on. <laughs> All right, so this episode isn't exactly what we set out to do, but I think Lisa is right. We just have to move on. And I don't mean just in this episode. I mean, it's time for Where There's Smoke to move on. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. That's, that's not what I meant. We're not going anywhere. You can't get rid of us that easily. But as we look ahead to season four, we have to ask ourselves, what are we going to do differently this time? What is the next logical step for Where There's Smoke? I say never be complete. I say stop being perfect. I say let, let's evolve. Let the chips fall where they may. And some of you may have followed our journey on the Where There's Smoke spinoff podcast, How Do We Do This? That show spent a lot of time talking about the process of growing a show. Basically, how do we get more people to listen? And on top of that, we also discussed ways to improve our production process. How do we basically make it easier and keep ourselves, as we say on the show, quote, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed? As you may have heard in our episode on process. Okay, dude. So I'm biting my tongue. Well, I'm not actually biting my tongue to not be super frustrated right now. Um, but fuck, man. Ugh. Producing an episode of Where There's Smoke can be, it can be exhausting. Not only do we need new ideas for every episode, but then we need to find guests, clips, and a script, then recording, then find music and edit. That process often ends like minutes before we go live at 4 a.m. Central Time, Tuesday morning. And while that's a process we've largely embraced, we knew that it didn't provide us with any time for reviewing, refining, and improving. And here's the thing. If you look back at the first 58 episodes of Where There's Smoke, you'll find that we've covered a lot of topics that would be helpful in producing a podcast. Um, procrastination, accountability, values, control. In fact, our very first episode is on the topic of listening. Although it's largely about listening to others, but perhaps we've made a mistake in not listening to ourselves and our guests. We haven't taken all these ideas and applied them to the production of this show. She had to learn it for herself. 
So having said all of that, we've decided to take our own advice and listen to ourselves, to enact the idea that we've been trying to share with you this whole time. Where There's Smoke will still be a podcast that explores self-development through the lens of current events, pop culture, and experience. But we're thinking of season four as the start of Where There's Smoke 2.0. Now, what does Where There's Smoke 2.0 look like? Well, there's a lot of changes we've made to our production process, and you can learn all about that at How Do We Do This for updates, and if you just want to nerd out. But the most important thing is that our little team started through email back in November of 2014. Our little team is growing up, Brett. Aww. We've added four people to the team who are here to help us take this show to the next level. And there is no question, like none, that we'll be hearing from them on future Where There's Smoke episodes. But we thought, just right now, real quick, that we take a moment and have you meet them. So here you go. Okay. So uh, just introduce myself, kind of say my name and all that good stuff. Hey, this is Teresa Ward from Atlanta, Georgia. I am Kristen McMullen. I am M. Piro. So hello, hello, listeners. My name is uh, Dylan Davis. Why am I here? I'm here for a few reasons. So the most important reason is that when someone pursues something that they that they admire or they, they enjoy, something outside of their day-to-day job, outside of their nine-to-five, and they're willing to take the risk to do that, that I find that extremely admirable. So kind of get, gaining energy from that presence and someone wanting to do that makes me feel that I should I should be a part of that and, and I also should contribute to to that. I am here because I I was an early adoptee to where there's smoke and have just always loved um, growing and learning and being better. And I think that what Nick and Brett are doing is exceptional and I just wanted to be a part of it in some way, shape or form. So that started with tweets and sharing it at the office and now it's blossomed into relationship and actually getting to work with them. So yeah, growth, community, learning. That's why I'm here. So I am here to help keep the show organized and fill in the gaps and support you guys wherever you need, whether that be research or content, um, and just kind of learn in the meantime a little bit more about podcasting. Um, I'm really here to experiment. I'm a big fan of podcasts, and I'm a big fan of extending ideas, and that's something that falls really naturally into the show and its ethos. So... Um, I'm here to experiment with the ideas that are within the show and play with and kind of prod and poke how they manifest in the real world through community and social design. Well, I think if it's not broke, don't try to fix it. Like I think the show has been awesome. And so I hope that momentum just continues. I hope that you guys continue to grow in a way that helps you feel like fulfilled as hosts. Um, And if you get really tired one day, then I hope I get to fill in as a guest host. (laughs) You know, I would love to just see you guys like sort of have all of your podcast dreams come true, but like stay hungry and, um, you know, keep a good ear to the ground about like what everybody wants to hear. So I think it's great as it is. I just hope the momentum keeps going. I was thinking about kind of this water cooler concept where we all come together weekly and spend time visiting with our friends and we talk about shows we've seen or movies that are on 
and it's all kind of superficial. Um, and I see where there's smoke as a vehicle to allow us to get deeper and actually create more genuine community. So for me, the vision, the mission, the where it could take us is to actually um, create an opportunity for people to have deeper, more meaningful conversations about what's going on for them and their their communities and then create more genuine relationships together because I think that's kind of what you guys are already doing and I think we can we can grow that even bigger if we're as bought in as I think we are as as a team and as you are and as everyone else is and and you kind of commit to this is growing this and having it kind of evolve over time to not only being a podcast or just one single podcast you could have maybe a franchise or a suite of podcasts that are all formatted differently with different types of entertainment. So you can you can get different types of listeners, but that's only one channel, which is podcast. You could you could extend it out to maybe even having people that have the skill sets to embed this in Alexa and other smart home devices where you can actually have it talk to you, have like maybe 30 second or, or two minute snippets in the beginning of the morning to kind of give you that inspirational motivation or some sort of educational kind of tidbit to, to get you started. So that could be where, you're, where there's smoke in the morning. So, I mean, there's so many different avenues and channels of how this could be evolving. The first thing that comes to my mind is that I want to see a cyborg. Now, let me explain. By that, I mean this thing that is like really digging into that liminal space that I think we live in in the modern world between flesh and machine. So, you know, as a podcast, as a digital communications tool, as a blog, as all these things, it is a thing that lives in the electronic world, um, but it is also something that lends itself really well to the material world. And I mean that beyond its message. You know, there's plenty of podcasts that find themselves in the material world through conversations and through, you know, just like their message being out there on the airwaves. Um, but I think that we have seeds of ideas here that really put the content of the show in practice into the world of flesh. Um, real world events and digital conversations and happenings and you know things that are made out of paper and things that fly through the interwebs. Like We're not limiting ourselves to what and how the thing is and exists. I think this is a really fitting time, kind of in like the history of the digital revolution to be playing in that, in that enmeshed space. And I think that this project lends itself particularly beautifully to that. So that's what I think it could be. So I just want to say on behalf of Nick and myself to the team and to everyone out there, how excited we are and how much we appreciate our team. I mean, Teresa, Kristen, M, Dylan, you've been amazing so far and we're so looking forward to working with you. And I also want to say, Nick, you know, maybe it's the fact that my son is addicted to uh, Team Titans Go, but I kind of love that cyborg metaphor from M. I'm so glad to hear you say that, Brett, because I do have one more surprise for oh. you and for the audience. I haven't told anybody. Um, as we modernize the process of making Where There's Smoke and, and prepare the launch of WTS 2.0, um, well, I'd like to introduce all of you, including Brett, to the BrettBot 2000. Wait, wait, the what? Yes. Modern science has brought us a machine that will increase our efficiency and cut down on extra work. Let me just, um, let me just boot it up real quick. Welcome to Where There's Smoke, the show where we explore self-development through the lens of pop culture, current events, and experience. Um, I'm not so sure about this, Nick. 
What? What's more 90s summer spectacular than some hilariously clunky 90s robot? Affirmative. That's right, BrettBot2000. Besides, Brett, sometimes we get stuck on a show, and just think about how much time we'll save when BrettBot can come in and say stuff like this. We're all in this together. See? Okay, well, maybe? Can we talk about this later? First, this podcast, then the world. Wait, what did it say? Nothing, nothing. Let me just, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna turn it off. I'm just gonna turn it off. But seriously, here's what we want you to know about season four of Where There's Smoke. Here's like, write this down on a piece of paper information. One, the new season of Where There's Smoke will premiere on... Tuesday, September 19th. Two, Where There's Smoke will be published on the first and third Tuesdays of every month. We had so a kind of a weird production schedule before. That's cleared up. Three, season four will run from September all the way to May. Wait, 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 wait a minute, Nick. So let me just, just for clarity here. Okay. So the new season is starting in the fall. Mm-hmm. The season is going to run from September to May. Yeah. And then I imagine maybe during the summer we'll play some reruns. Yep. That's what we're doing. So just like Beverly Hills 90210. I don't, I don't have time for this from you, Brad. I don't have time for this. Winner! <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Fine. You win. Congratulations. But lastly, in all seriousness, this season on Where There's Smoke, we really want to focus on building the Where There's Smoke community. The difference between versions 1.0 and 2.0 isn't BrettBot2000. Damn it. (laughs) I thought I turned you off. (laughs) Brett and I have shared stories about ourselves, our experiences, our passions. But if we're really a community, then we really should be hearing from each other. That means, well, that means you. That's why we're in the process of building a new website and finalizing a place to continue all of this dialogue online. The new season will also feature more direct dialogue with our explorers. So please go to wherethersmoke.co to join our mailing list. Go to Facebook and Twitter, Explore WTS, and you can just see what we're up to. You can also hear about our season four launch strategy and the new website in future episodes of How Do We Do This? Nick, I just realized something else. This is really cool. All right. So if you think about how we started our subsequent seasons, right? Season two, we did an episode on procrastination. It was kind of this meta thing where I wasn't starting writing the show, which was actually real, right? Right. Season three, we were really stressed out about the upcoming season. And so we ended up doing a show on stress, right? Yep. I was there. And so we've kind of done this meta thing about which with every season where the we've started in this place of kind of, ah, but I feel like this episode is that episode. Right, we had the dry run. We kind of screwed it up. We got up back. So I feel like we've cleansed the palate in August, meaning that when we launch in September, boom, we're going to be ready to go. We kind of got it out of the way. You know, like, I hate admitting when you're right, but I think you might be right this time. Yes. <laughs> well, I guess that's a nice place to end. So that's it. And I say like I say that like it hasn't been 20 minutes already, but hopefully it's been fun <laughs> and it's been great getting to talk to all of our wonderful explorers again. All right, so we will see everybody on September 19th for season four. Again, make sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, go to our website and sign up for our mailing list. And until then, thank you. We love you. Wait, wait, Brett, Brett, can we we let let BrettBot close out the show maybe? We've spent a lot of money on him. Oh, God. Okay, fine. Thank you. We love you. We'll see you in September. 
Yeah, I mean, it's pretty good. 